Good morning, good morning. You are listening to Triple H and stay in the loop with Lucy. Look, if you haven't joined us before, then welcome. You have joined a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people. People in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their decision-making and consequences by discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what they share. We can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Today's show is about honesty. Now, who would have thought that I would ever need to explain what honesty meant or consider delving under the the guise of what we thought honesty meant? But I see the fact that we have royal commissions coming left, right and centre, uh, which, of course, is the highest level of investigation ordered by Parliament. And they're investigating the church, the banks, um, they're, they're, they're investigating abuses against children, things that you'd never, ever have thought would need to be um, looked into, looking for who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth, who's lied, who's done suitable truths, who's tried to cover up. We've got a massive public health problem with obesity and disordered eating. Who's lying to who there? Is it a marketing plan? Is it is it that we are actually not being honest about things that we're feeding in our body and therefore we're needing things outside in order to be able to just cope, to function? I realize there is a bizarre relationship between what we know on the outside, what we see, what we call normal, and what we feel on the inside. And therefore I kind of looked at the relationship between honesty and truth and felt that we probably had a version of truth based on what we were and were not prepared to see with honesty. An example just came to me yesterday when I was driving. The bus in front had uh, an advertising campaign on the back of it about littering. The title of the campaign was Don't Be a Tosser. And there was a quote saying something along the lines of, I know I shouldn't do it, so I do it when no one's looking. And that really struck me. I was sat looking at the back of this bus because we were in traffic. And I just thought, how many times do we say, as long as no one sees me, it's okay. I'll just do it quietly. I'll just pop something out of the window or I'll just pop something in my mouth or I'll just shut the door and shut the curtains and, you know, whatever it is inside the, the confines of your own home. You know, it could be littering, eating, staying up late, picking your nose, not picking up your dog poo, stealing, arguing, physical fighting, porn. I mean, the list is endless. Um, And no doubt we ascribe different levels of uh, severity to each of the acts. But why do we feel the need to have two sides of us? A side we're okay for everyone to see and a side we keep hidden and guarded. Um, We've talked about this, about the Facebook image of perfection coming up here. But I think we need to really unpack it today. And of course, when I'm going to really unpack something, I get two people who um, talk about relationships and will not let things lie. And that is Gabrielle Kaplis and Annette Baker. Welcome to the Triple H studio and stay in the loop with Lucy. Good morning, Lucy. Thank you. There are so many things to giggle about, aren't there? And the things that we tell ourselves are normal. And then the reality of that moment where you go, oh, but I really wouldn't like someone to see it. You know, and, and what we do in the confines of our own car when we think that we forget that you just, there's a piece of glass protecting you. But number of times I've, I've watched people do absurd things. Well, Picking your nose is just one of them that apparently is quite <laughs> common to do in the car. But, um, you know, they'll they'll uh, eat, they'll put their makeup on, they'll do things that you kind of look and go, ooh, you're driving? Well, even even the, the modern day dilemma that we have, which is picking up your phone while you're driving. Yes. Drives me nuts, I have to yes. say. When I'm all for however many points, you know, need to be lost for that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, bizarre. Okay, so I mean, it's something that we really need to um, we really need to just 
kind of unpack a little bit so that we can laugh about it a little bit because then we're going to have to get a bit serious about the the bigger consequences. I mean, I mentioned some of them there. What we do behind closed doors and what we don't do behind closed doors that's that's a level of honesty which have to, we have to ask ourselves if we're prepared to go to because we can talk about, and we've talked about it in other shows, about living transparently, mm. but that's about living true to you. And if you live true to you, you don't have an indoors and an outdoors behaviour. You don't beat someone up behind closed doors and then pretend everything's fine mm. when you're in general public. You don't scream and abuse your children behind closed doors and then call them sweetness and light or put on Facebook what a happy family you have. And that's why I love working with teenagers because teenagers are completely honest. If you are not walking your talk, they're like, you know, see you later. I'm going to go and talk to some other what you call dysfunctional teenagers, which I call honest teenagers, Mm. you know, and they'll be my mates. They'll be my family. So in relationships, Mm. what are you seeing about honesty and dishonesty? Well, Lucy, if I could just start by saying that because we we counsel couples in relationships, but we also counsel family members, children, young people. And what we really see in relationships is, uh, and I want to mention this point, this is really important. If you are not living honestly, it creates an enormous amount of disturbance in your body. And that accumulates. So what we see and counsel every day is the accumulation of the disturbance of the suppressed expression of truth from that person. Their, their ability to be honest and to express what is really going on for them, what has made them sad, what has made them upset, why are they frustrated, what are their feelings on so many things in life, why are they reacting, what are they hurt about. We see the damage that's done when people are not able to get to honesty in their relationships because they are basically unsettled and very disturbed in their bodies. And so then they become a liability everywhere they go as a result of that. Or they withdraw from life and retreat. And so we see see that. So our whole work actually revolves around offering people a safe space without judgment to be able to um, bring them to their own awareness of what they're really feeling and to be able to express it. So that's the relationship with themselves and with what they're feeling. So if they don't, if they don't have a practice of from, from a little child going, I feel cold, I need to let someone know I'm cold so that they can get me warm again or I need, I need to go and get a coat on or a jacket on or a cardigan or put something on my feet. It, children know that very, I'm cold, I'm hungry, I'm upset. they very, very direct. But as you learn, as you grow up to, oh, just don't worry about it, man up, you know, um, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and carry on. You stop honouring those feelings and, and there comes a point where you go, oh, look, it's no point in me telling myself I feel cold. I... I just have to get on with it because we don't have whatever heating, Mm. for example. You know, you just have to tell yourself you're not cold. And if you tell yourself you're not cold enough, then you're not cold. No, I've I've done that. Um, But the danger that you're saying with that is that when things break down, which they pretty much have done by the time you get to a counselling session, they're broken down and you're going to an expert to be able to help you out. You've got to go back and reopen that communication of saying, I feel cold, I feel upset, I didn't feel heard, I felt ignored. You, you, you're literally peeling off plaster after plaster. Mm. The, <coughs> what, I, what I would say to that and in response to what Gabe was sharing is that because of that situation you're describing, Lucy, where from, from quite young we're kind of, we could say, educated... In, in our upbringing or even in our education to 
to not respond to those finer, more acute, sensitive feelings that we have mm-hmm. to life. And in the, in the dulling down of those or sometimes even the complete shutting down of those, when it comes to a, a, a moment in our life, a situation where honesty is required there is an incredible amount of resistance that that can be met with and that's what in 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 yourself to 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 sort of as you say peel back the layers to get to that but also externally from people in our environment and often that happens in situations when we're young you say something you're you're not heard you're not understood you're not taken seriously you're told to just you know pick yourself up and get over it and not not attend to yourself in a in a caring and loving way so then as adults there's it's it's quite a trek back to get Mm. to that point of what is actually very very natural for all of us which is to be honest I remember Jean talking about parents when a child no when the parents have been arguing and the child says you know are you okay and mummy goes, oh, yes, absolutely fine. Don't worry about it, darling. It's absolutely fine. But it actually isn't and pretends they haven't been arguing. The, the child starts to doubt their own radar. That's what you're talking yeah, about, isn't absolutely. it? absolutely. Yeah. Your most trusted people. And interestingly, I remember um, another psychologist coming on very early on in my um, interviewing days and talking about suicide when the school said, okay, you are not to mention that person's name again because they didn't actually know how to deal with it, so they had to deny the fact that mm. someone had been that unhappy in their school and, and taken their life. Honesty is such a natural thing, as Annette said, when it comes from the body because mm. the body really wants to be honest. I can't tell you how many times we are in session with people where they get to that point where they actually feel safe and trusting and they cry and it just comes out. Sometimes they don't even know that it's going to come out the way that it's going to come out. But when it comes out, it totally resonates. It's like the whole body goes ka and just falls into this total resonance that is this is what's really happening. Mm. This is why I'm upset. Mm -hmm. This is why I've been irritated. Or this is what has been festering away within me for ages and has never, I've, I've been shutting it down or I've been suppressing it so it doesn't actually come out. And when it comes out, it totally makes sense. Mm. It makes sense to everyone around because it is that, like all of our bodies resonate with that kachink moment, you yeah. know, where where the absolute honesty is revealed. And and then you can't have judgment in that moment because it you can feel it on such a deep level within your body. Also, honesty is your honesty. It's your relationship with Mm. what's in your body and you've made decisions based on that so it may be illogical to someone else but when you can express why honest with honesty about why you've done something or why you feel the way you do both people the person who's listening and the person who's expressing can feel it as as real as honesty, it is that kaching moment, and in that moment, that's their truth. Now, in the unraveling process, there can become a wider understanding of maybe a if someone has made a decision based on something that happened in their childhood and therefore they've protected themselves from putting themselves in that situation again, they may be honest enough to say, well, that's why I made that decision. Now, it wasn't a truthful decision because I had to lie in order to make sure I didn't go back to that decision. But in all honesty, that's why I did it. Mm. So it's not truthful. It's honest about uh, the reason why they might have lied or what, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's where we have to separate truth and honesty. Honesty is the absolute first step that we have to have with ourselves with great understanding of what might have contributed to 
our decision-making processes mm. along the line. Yeah, absolutely. I was feeling the same, Lucy, that if we don't, if, we, if people aren't allowed or given the space to, to get to that level of honesty for themselves, to, to communicate about their actions, their behaviours, you know, why they've done something they've done, as you say, if there's not that space for that, <clears throat> excuse me, how do we get to understanding? How yeah. do we get to the truth? We can't unless we, uh, uh, unless we afford each and every one of the, us that space. But unfortunately, many people haven't felt safe to express. Yeah. And that's why, you know, uh, in, in looking at this topic, we need to understand why we have also, as a society, in many instances, repressed expression or suppressed it rather suppressed it's been suppressed and then as individuals we've we've been repressed in our expression we wouldn't have all these we wouldn't need to have all these royal commissions into investigating you know what what's correct and what's not correct if we were a society that was that deeply valued absolute honesty and truth we wouldn't have arrived at this situation but if we don't value it on an individual level in relationship with ourselves and with in relationship with each other, with the people we're most closely associated with or intimate with, <clears throat> of course it's going to fester out in our society. And there in and this is what we see in counselling, that there seems to be a struggle and a difficulty for people to actually express their truth. Like what we would consider the basic level of communication an understanding between one another they haven't gone to. So there's like a tyranny against absolute honesty in relationships. And the reason why that could be is because actually to be really honest and reveal who you really are is actually a healing for yourself and everyone around you. So I know it's backward, but what actually happens is that there's this Um, there are forces against us actually revealing our honest true self and and allowing that healing and that happens out in the world and you can see it demonstrated daily and we see it session after session that's why i said it's our our main responsibility as counselors is to support people to access how they are really feeling because throughout their life they've acquiesced to being shut down and they haven't fought for the responsibility to actually reveal in absolute honesty what is really going on for them. So we're up against it as human beings, but we've got to fight this and bring about this healing because it starts very simply in, in, on the basic level in relationships and you can see it with kids like i had i've had sessions with kids lately who are just able in their innocence to really let it out exactly what they feel and then you can have a session with an adult straight after who's fighting in incredible resistance to allowing themselves to really feel what they're feeling they will fight you to the death to not reveal it. And so we've got this struggle going on in our relationships. And as human beings, we've got to support each other to express our truth. I know in in all counselling, whenever you do counselling training, the first thing they talk about is you being a listener, Mm. that that's, that's the skill that you have to learn most two ears one mouth use them in that percentage (laughs) (laughs) and i and i love that because we're always so quick to to try and solve someone's problem oh don't worry don't bother finishing your sentence i know what you're gonna say and we try and jump in i've had to learn very very much not to jump into someone else's sentence because we don't know what they're going to say not really Mm. and to allow the space for someone to speak without holding back even if they are full of rage and full of anger and full of things that push every single one of our buttons they need to be able to express because then at least it's out of their body and there is an opportunity for them to to hear even perhaps 
what they're saying. And, and so often when you leave it long enough, they actually come to, oh, that wasn't very logical of me, was it really? To, to, but it's mm. good to get it out. Um, and that fear of rejection and being shut down is so prevalent in, in us all as human beings, that fear of, of our truth being rejected. And then walking away wounded and saying, "Okay, I won't, I won't put my head above that parapet again." Absolutely, Lucy. And another thing that it, I feel is really relevant is that because life is so intense for so many people, and we've all felt that intensity. Often, what we get disturbed by we haven't articulated because it's kind of confusing what you might be reacting to something that you're feeling or seeing on the news or that's happening at your school or you know in your workplace or your community or something like that at the same time you're also troubled about something that's going on in your marriage or an issue that your child has or um you know you issue with elderly parents or all the things that are sort of all the balls that are being juggled at the one time and you may be feeling unsettled about so many aspects of everything that you're feeling it just feels like one big issue or one big trouble or you don't even know why you're irritated or you don't even really understand why you're sad and unless you are willing to or you you have the forum to and you regularly communicate on that level, you're not going to get to those moments to unpick or unravel what is really disturbing you. And that is an issue in our modern day society because we're not encouraged in that kind of forum and we're definitely not encouraged to do that in our relationships Mm -hmm. and the world is offering us so much distraction so that we just we feel something we might as I said be unsettled by so many things but we're just moving forward quickly the whole time and we're not processing that to the finer intimate detail what we're feeling no, we can turn the television on, we can put mm. something in our mouth, mm. we can call someone up, we can go to go for a run, we can do everything and anything to distract ourselves from processing the unease we feel in our body. Yeah. And the point being is that we skip over the opportunities that are there, pregnant moments, a pause moment to actually let yourself feel how you're feeling. And if we did that more we'd get to absolute honesty if we created more moments like that or allowed permission for that it would be great but modern day society is just like move forward at an accelerated pace and so that also is the enemy of absolute honesty mm. but the the irony of it is that so many people are feeling unfulfilled or dissatisfied in relationships and you know, when we say relationships, we're as we're always we're not talking about just couples, but just in their family relationships, friendships. And you might look around and think that's not that's not the truth. But we sit and talk to people every day, and we hear how really dissatisfied people are in relationships. So the irony of, of it is that people are dissatisfied, yet they're resisting the absolute honesty. But if you went to the absolute honesty, you would be not dissatisfied in relationships. So we have a situation where there's a lot of very um, high-functioning relationships existing in the world. They do very well on all functional levels, you know, having good jobs, having a home and all of that sort of thing. But there's a level of dissatisfaction on an intimate level. And the point being, if you could introduce and nurture and foster more of this absolute honesty, which... I say again, is very, very natural to every single one of us. We wouldn't have the problem of feeling dissatisfied in relationships. Wow. That was part one. Beeps. Part one. I've been talking to Gabrielle Caplice and Annette Baker about truth and honesty, about the fact that we can't really get to truth until we open the door to honesty. You know, 
the kind of honesty that really gets you, if you know what I mean, right there. You just kind of know, takes the hide out of your life. Um, but that energy, if we don't, when I say, you know, you know what I mean, it, Gabrielle Caplice was talking earlier about the, the unease that you feel in your body when you don't tell the truth. And what I'd like to kind of open the door to is the fact that if you don't listen to that and you don't honor that, then what happens is you start depleting your energy. And if we're hiding quite a lot, then it's a continuous drain. And this may well become our normal. But I wonder if we can then be honestly, seriously surprised when we have sleep problems, chronic fatigue, relationship breakdowns, or depression knocking on our door, which is very often where we find ourselves at the door of a counsellor or a psychologist or or um, maybe even not getting any of that help and, and t- doing dysfunctional, uh, well, harming ourselves in some way. Mm-hmm. So... It's really important that we start developing that relationship of honesty with ourselves, isn't it? It's That's why it matters because the consequences are our own. We lose out on life and we'll talk about how others lose out when we're not honest in a little while. So hold, hold back from going there. But we lose out, don't we? Our body loses out and it's, it harms rather than heals. Correct, Lucy. And what I, what we specifically see and what I know for myself too, because I'm involved in this kind of experience as well in my life, is that if I bury the truth or if I'm observing somebody in a counselling session and they are circumnavigating the truth or beating around the bush and saying everything but... There's two things. First of all, you start living a lie, which is horrible. It's horrible to feel that you're not living your natural self and that you become, you, you go off on a tangent, you become this other person who's not, who's not the essence of who you really are. And secondly, is that you bury the truth so deep that your body becomes quite dense with the layers of what you've been prepared to deny in terms of truth. And so you are so far in terms of density, you're so far in terms of thickness away from what you really feel that it really is a struggle then to actually excavate to the truth. That's what it feels like. Yeah, because your truth has become your suitable truth, what you've told yourself. <laughs> so that, in a way, you are, you do think you're being quite truthful. It's just you're, you're, not, you're not. I mean, I've been there, so I'm, mm. I'm talking from my body as opposed to, you know, the theory of, yes, when someone doesn't think, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have told myself, okay, I have told myself I'm fully committed to exercising and I signed up for a 15-minute-a-day exercise routine knowing full well I had 15 minutes I got to the end of the actual 15 minutes a day series before I went oh I didn't do it once so now I've started my 15 minutes a day but I had to see in black and white I had to see the stark reality that as much as I say I'm going to do something I didn't do it Mm. I made a commitment to myself I didn't do it and it took me to get to the realization that I just been 15 days of saying I'll start tomorrow <laughs> to then finally go I'm BSing myself yeah. mm. stop BSing and actually just do it it's an online program you don't have to leave your home you don't actually have to get into your sweat gear you don't have to do anything other than turn it on stand there do it and that's it 15 minutes not don't hard. even have to do your hair don't you. even have to do my hair no <laughs> one's going to see me i've got a tap right next to me i can drink water don't even have to fill a water bottle or a water glass there were just so many excuses that i just couldn't give that i had to i was it was in my face at which point i realized that i had been lying to myself and wanting something to be true that wasn't true i don't have the best relationship with exercise <laughs> I used to. I do not anymore. That's a a beautiful example, Lucy. 
<clears throat> and as you're sharing and Gabe shared, we're all in this process in our lives. We're not talking about this in any way that sort of excludes us. Mm. We're, <laughs> mm. we're um, healthy participants of it. Healthy participants. But that, um, that example is great because what it, what it reveals is there's no wrong. There's no right and wrong because, okay, you didn't do it for 15 days, but there's a lesson to be learned. Yeah. And through the awareness of realising <coughs> that you didn't commit to it, then you start to reflect on, okay, what's going on? Yeah. What's ha- what is this thing with me and exercise? So there's no right and wrong. And we, can, and we have the sayings that everything happens for a reason and everything is as it's needed. And those, they are true. The element that we can introduce into that is okay, that's all f- well and good and we can have the delay and we can learn the lesson, but how much are we actually delaying our growth and our evolution Absolutely. in the process of w- resisting or withholding from that honesty? Yeah, I love what you've just said, Annette, because whilst you were talking, I was pondering that there is definitely a relationship with absolute honesty and raising awareness. That's the purpose of it, raising of awareness help support growth and development and evolution of you as a human being. And I know in our relationship, one of the beautiful things that we've been able to do with each other is support each other at times when one of us was confused and not willing to be aware to get to that level of awareness and the unraveling of that. And sometimes you need to be in a relationship with somebody that you trust to be able to get to that because I know when you have, Annette, when you have spoken to me, when I have been um, subverting the truth or, you know, defending the truth. Or dancing around the truth. Taking a very wide berth. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So I'll be... I'll be digging my heels in defending, but I know that there's something there, but it's almost like the vulnerability of that moment to utter what I'm really feeling just feels so exposing. And then you might just say really simply the absolute thing that I'm feeling. And then I can just go, oh, and melt or just like almost collapse into the truth and it's something that we see a lot with our clients that we've also experienced that in that moment the truth sets you free Mm. sometimes if you can't do it for yourself but you have somebody who loves you so much they can just say it to you it it is so healing and so it, it just supports so much in that moment i love that that the truth sets you free Mm. because there is no question that not carrying on with the illusion is is freeing and there have been so many examples over the years of people saying oh look i'm pleased people know i just feel like i've i've finally so so someone who's been having an affair been living a double life um, you know, I just, I actually feel better that everyone knows now I can start to do something about it. Addicts will very often say, it feels so good to finally say, yes, I've got a problem with gambling or yes, I've got a problem with alcohol mm. or, or with drugs. Or There's a, there's a relief in that honesty. Um, and, and therefore, I just find it so interesting that we don't therefore say, Oh, let's let's build on that and say, okay, that's what we want. But we don't. We seem to kind of go, yeah, yeah, but that's great for you, but uh, I couldn't possibly be honest with me. Can I add something to yeah. that, Liz? Just when you said that, what I felt was, and and this is where it becomes, a, you know, one of the areas it becomes a real problem is if you have something in your life that has disturbed you. Yeah. Let's say there's been some kind of abuse, or as you say, somebody that's been an addict and. And you've kept that to yourself. Typically, what happens is that you blame yourself for that. It's you just mm. you just it all goes inward. You project all of the the blame of that and the wrong of that onto yourself. So to actually come out with it and share it with someone else, firstly you get it out of being trapped in your body, mm. but then you also have, like we were speaking about earlier, the space to actually explore. Well. What was that about? What? How did? How did I feel? How has that held me back? 
I saw someone recently and they shared with me something they'd never shared with anyone mm. that happened when they were five and they're now 35, I mm. think. The, the difference in that person's body just in the course of an hour from sharing that and actually being able to have a discussion about it, have some tears about it, reflect on what that was about, the impact that it's had on their life, was you can't put a price on that No. in terms of how that supports them going forward. Absolutely. Not carrying the hurt of that and the silence of it. And this shame is so embedded in things that we don't share. If we don't talk about something on some level, there's an element, it seems to me there's an element of shame. Either we're ashamed of someone else's behaviour and therefore we don't want to talk about a situation because someone will think badly of that person or we're ashamed of ourselves and either what we did or perhaps did not do. You know, um, we always talk about that um, that thing where evil, it's not necessarily the people who do evil, it's the people who stand by and, and mm. let them do it and don't say anything that is, you know, actually worse because people will always behave the way they behave, but the bystanders allow it. Exactly, they... and a perfect example of that is when you speak to any women who who were abused as young girls, Yeah. when they have the opportunity to speak about it openly, without judgment, just with understanding, it's not the perpetrator that they're angry at. No. They're angry at their mother, their grandmother, yep. their father, whoever was around that stood by yep. and that didn't notice that that was happening yep. or chose to not notice. Yep. That's who they get angry at, not yep. always the perpetrator. Yeah. One of the things that is what we're coming to in this discussion is also the level of judgment that we have on ourselves before we even, which caps us before we even express and explore what we're feeling. So mm. there are already hidden thoughts that say, I can't reveal this, I can't say that, or I'm going to be an outsider if I, if I say what I really feel about this, or I'm going to get rejected if I bring forward what I feel. P particularly that happens in families, you know, and so there is a, an intense judgment that we often have on ourselves that is like suppresses like a wet blanket your ability to come forward and and speak with absolute honesty and that's why it's so important to come back to the body and let the body speak because the body's really natural and it'll just say it as it is but if we if we don't align or we don't settle or we're not centered in our body or we're not present in our body when we're expressing then we won't be able to get to that kind of truth because you can't you can't harden up to speak about these sorts of things but that judgment on top of you it it's a killer cause crippling yeah we're going to go to a little bit of music um crippling uh, is the word that will stay with me until we come back. <laughs> the show is Stay in the Loop with Lucy, with me, Lucy, with Gabrielle Caprice and Annette Baker. Hi, Lucy. Hey, Lucy. Oh, boy. Honesty. Honesty. <laughs> <laughs> How many words? Exhausting no. stuff oh. if, if you don't do it often. <laughs> I know, absolutely. And, you know, there's that big question, will we get to understand it before the end of the show? I suspect not. <laughs> I suspect it's something that um, just builds, you know? We just keep building, keep trying to work it out, try, keep trying to build that level of honesty in our body because we think we have to have all the answers, but we don't. I think that's part of the lie that we subscribe to. Mm. That would be one of them. And the other one, I thought, was that we, have, we champion free will. So we have the right to lie if we want to. And then I just keep hearing, just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> From my upbringing. <laughs> now, I did some research before about the qualities of honest individuals. And there are a few blogs out there um, 
the the I'll come to to a couple of blogs that um, Christopher Connors has written on Medium, and I'll put them as a, a link. But um, this one is from Larry Kim, who's CEO of Mobile Monkey, and he has um, five qualities of honest individuals. Honesty is a valuable trait in a world full of false promises. Today, we're exploring five qualities of honest individuals. Don't like it? Too bad. You know, first of all, I really like that because there was some resistance when I told a few people that we were doing a show on honesty this weekend because they were like, oh, really? It's like, what? Can't what you is? do something else? Yeah, <laughs> what's more entertaining? It's like, really? Have you not, do you not see the level of disappointment in people's lives at the moment? We have to talk about honesty. Anyway, as you can see, I did not listen. Suck <laughs> eggs. Here we are. Number one, they're not concerned about popularity contests. There we go. Yep. Yeah. Honest people don't obsess over what peers think of them. They're simply who they are and other people can take it or leave it. Mm. Now, we've talked in previous times about that being arrogant, but actually it isn't. This is really important from a health and well-being point of view. We have to know ourselves and trust ourselves. Would you both agree with that? Yes. Totally. They stand up for their beliefs. All right. So beliefs and ideals. We have to have a standard, don't we? absolutely have to have a standard that makes our our belief what would that standard be when it came to, comes to honesty so the question is what is what is the standard what how is, do we have a do standard you, yeah. for ourselves when you stand up for your beliefs yeah. you actually are standing up for your standards aren't you you're yeah. standing up for something that you know deep within you is is the standard that you live your life by yeah and i think that just feeling that question it it has to come back to to something that comes from your body because we know as we've said we know when we're lying we know when we're being honest if you if you are repeatedly in a cycle or a pattern of of being dishonest there's a hardening that comes with in the body with that conversely if you if you explore or are in a cycle of being committed to being honest and whenever we talk about any of these things it's without perfection so Mm -hmm. we're not saying a little white lie is going to kill you but we're just talking about having a commitment to this there is that that what we talked said before the truth sets you free there is a feeling of liberation and freedom in your body to just be who you are when you're honest so that that standard is very individual for each of us it's a very it's a very personal rather than individual it's a very personal relationship to know what what is your standard because if you go against what your body innately says is is a true way to be in relationship in the world and you you resist that and you hide and you protect and you withhold then it it, you're not being you no and so that standard is I would say to that question is a very personal, it comes from a very personal relationship with yourself and by listening to your body. And it's a lived one. So when you're very often respected, maybe not agreed with, but respected for having that opinion and for being prepared to stand up and speak out if you disagree with something. I mean, you know, really, if we have more people standing up and speaking out, we wouldn't have the levels of corruption that we do because people wouldn't be able to lie as much. And it's very true, one of the points there, that I think it was the first one or second one. Popularity contest. Yeah, Yeah. because because of the resistance to absolute honesty that does exist in our our world, in our society, if you are someone who's going to stand up for for absolute honesty and stand up for truth you are very likely going to be met with resistance, criticism, judgment, objection, all of those things. So you, you actually do have to not care what people think if you want to stand up for what is true. Yep. You can't be invested in people liking you. Yep, absolutely. Number three is they're thick-skinned. Now, I would say, I, I, I get the thick-skinned analogy, but I would say thick-skinned is where we get to be able mm. to tell ourselves a few lies. Whereas actually, if we if we are if we are true to ourselves, that that could be the translation of of his thick skinned. I, I would say I don't want to be thick skinned. I yeah. think the fact that I'm 
thin-skinned yeah. means that I'm more sensitive to someone telling me the truth or not telling me the truth now. Agree, Lucy. But I you think, have to not care what other people are thinking. Yeah. I feel that the thick-skinned actually should be replaced by the, uh, uh, the word commitment because it is actually a commitment to expressing the truth, to being absolutely honest. And and that is a that is a dedication, that is a strength of um you know, you're talking about moral character, you're talking yeah. about all being being prepared to be um uh um what's the word? I've lost the word. Ethical. Um, <laughs> ethical but just giving yourself permission to be true. Yeah. And and being prepared to back that, support yourself a billion percent to yep. what you actually really feel. So I feel that the thick-skinned actually is more about commitment. Interestingly, he says, honest individuals may fall victim to the insecure defensiveness of others. That's what you're saying is that, yeah. you know, you have to be you have to be committed to the truth, to your truth and to honesty, um, because a lot of people don't necessarily want to hear the truth and they're in, they're inclined to toss it right back in your face. Yeah, because mm. if you are, let's say, let's let's just pose an example. You are one voice amongst 10, let's yeah. say, if you're not absolutely committed to that <clears throat> and don't have this standard, you know, don't have your own sort of. Uh, appreciation of the standard that you have and you and you then you can ease if those other nine voices are in opposition to what you're saying you can very easily be swayed and seduced into into sort of you know being a bit loose Mm -hmm. with what you're what you're standing up for so that's why that that commitment is is very important and the not not being invested in people liking you Um, individuals number four is they have close friendships individuals who are honest often have rich and meaningful relationships Um, others know that their honest friend won't complain about them behind their back and will instead face any issues head on and that allows a trust for a deeper and healthier relationship that's everything that you've been saying Mm. that if you have honesty in a relationship you know that someone's going to say to your face what they feel if they if they want to disagree with you or if they agree with you that you you feel safe within that absolutely yeah. and you because you're a person that is prepared to go deep and reflect and and ask yourself those questions anyway honestly you also create in that um in in your relationships environments where other people feel safe to explore Mm. without this judgment of like right or wrong if I say something. You know, you give space for that conversation so that people can actually breathe and get to the honest truth within themselves because they may not be able to come out with it straight away. It might take a little bit of exploration to get to that point. If you, I know for Annette and I when we sit in session with people that people really trust us when they come to see us and they do because we're actually sitting there so transparent with them like they can see everything we don't in our relationship counseling we don't hide the fact that we were messy when we first got together nine times out of ten we've gone through most of the things that they're going through and we don't hide that fact so when you are a person that is prepared to live absolute honesty in yourself to the best of your ability and it's a work in progress and it's a constant, as we're saying, growth and evolution. But if you give yourself that safe space without the judgment, which is what I was talking about earlier, you will get to that honesty in your body. And nine times out of ten, you are also a person that allows that in other relationships. So people can get to have more fulfilling and deeper more intimate relationships with you Mm. because you allow it. If you're a person who is in protection or covers up the truth, you're living a lie. People don't feel safe to be around you. They'll tell you what they think you want to hear. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, does my bum look big in this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Save am I to tell you the truth on this one? <laughs> you, you might be popular. If you're in, if you're yeah, in the David but, Jones dressing room, then yeah. yes, maybe it does because the mirrors are so sort of you know disproportionate yeah absolutely and it, that just rolls straight into the perfect one for number five which is they're trusted by their peers you know honest people are trusted because whether you like what they're going to say or not at least you know you're going to get what they see as mm. an honest answer from you yeah from and with that they also know that they can talk with you that you can get to the truth together yeah. you're not just going to be this brick wall or controlling kind of um you're not controlling with your personal viewpoints the outcome or you know what is going to be said you you can explore together and that's that's so fantastic for relationships and it's so fantastic for relationships within the community because there's so many expressions that need to be heard we're all where we all come to that truth together and that's amazing and and we're less if we if we leave people out or we don't consider people's truth i can't help feeling that when we talk about uh truth uh, honesty there is an efficiency with words mm. if you're if you mm. if you're being honest you're you're much more efficient i've just said that twice so clearly not being efficient <laughs> um, but it's also very simple it is the moment it gets complicated we kind of got a question is that honest or dishonest or are you skirting around the issue before you get to it? You both spoke about it in, in in the relationship that you both have that it's not necessarily the one's not telling the truth, but they might go round, I certainly do this, go round the houses when I'm assessing who's going to react to what I'm going to say. Whereas actually if I just say it, everyone just goes, all right, that's how you feel. Okay, I want to disagree with you, but that's fine. At least I know how you feel. Yeah, that's beautiful, Luz. <clears throat> I love that you've, uh, you know, sort of put a light on that of the efficiency of words and the mm. economy of words. When, if you're speaking truth, there is an economy of words. You don't need superfluous, you know, it, it, it doesn't need to be long winded and extract. It's just, here it is. Children who are efficient, their words are, are called emotionally dysfunctional or, you know, get a, get a label put on them because they, they tell the truth. Oh, you know, you have to understand that you can't always say that. It's like, okay, so maybe we've got the problem and you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to hear the truth quite so efficiently. Something I felt when just in that conversation was just to appreciate that the, 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 the purpose of having these discussions on this, these sort of topics, which we kind of, the three of us together, you know, kind of seems to be the theme anyway, mm -hmm. what we talk about. But the purpose of it is to bring out the magnificence of every one of us because we are everybody is so unique and special and has something so beautiful to offer so mm -hmm. as you talked about before that you know the first thing you learn if you're training to be a counselor is to be a good listener and that's really what we need to develop in each and every one of us so that we do provide those opportunities for people to speak so that we actually, you know, like you said before, if, the, if people don't get the chance to speak and express if, or if we interrupt, we don't know what they're going to say. We don't know the goal that is there inside that being if we don't allow the space for it and if they don't, if we each don't have a commitment to, to nurturing that in ourselves. Mm. And that's the point is that our communities are much greater when everybody's voice is heard from a place of truth. Yeah, no wonder your throat is mm. trying to <coughs> ah, trying to get it. But it's there's a shining. Yeah. When you spoke about that person and they get to say what they want to say, I just see shining. Mm. You know, a child gets to shine, an adult gets to shine. They get to they don't turn your light down. Yeah. Let your light shine brightly. We also see in counselling sessions when well between relationships with between two people doesn't matter whether it's a mother or a daughter or a, um, a husband or a wife or a brother and sister whatever it is when they do get to those moments it's a particular quality that happens in the body you know they might come in and they're fighting and they're on separate sides of the fence or they've got issues that are separating them and they're hard and tense or you know their jaws really tight or they're defending the process or whatever or they get confused or 
they're emotional in their outburst of what's really going on in terms of their reaction. But when they actually get to the truth, their bodies just completely deconstruct. And there's a unification that the, the physical bodies come closer together. There's often, you know, somebody will put their hand out and touch the other person or say, I'm sorry, darling, or you know, I'm sorry that I that I said that that way or whatever. But there's a, a, a kind of emerging energetically that happens and a, uh, a melting in the bodies. And what you can see in front of you is something very sensitive that is being expressed from two people rather than the hostility or the the aggression or the abruptness or the control or justification or justification mm-hmm. that goes on in the physical body mm. when it first walks into the room given the space to be able to talk about something and so we can learn from our bodies that they naturally know how to hold us in that moment to take us to that place if i'm if i'm not in agreement with something with the net I I cannot move forward unless I've become sensitive and gentle and started to express really honestly what's really going on for me. If I'm in if I'm in control or if I want to prove something's right to her, it that's I'm lost. I'm totally lost and we get nowhere in our discussion. Just on that word justification. I know personally for myself and sitting opposite that in session to, to, to experience that in your body, either if it's you doing it or sitting opposite witnessing somebody else doing it, that the energy of being in justification or defending the right to be right is actually painful. Mm-hmm. It is visibly painful. You can see, you know, and I felt it myself when I'm doing it, it's, it's actually painful. And that's all part of the honesty of listening to the body. Because you know you're lying. You almost want to yeah. say, oh, my God, I'm lying through my teeth. I hate it. Yeah. But- and sometimes <laughs> if you're feeling like you have to defend yourself, you have to ask yourself why are you trying to defend yourself. Say your truth. It's your truth as you know it. But be honest. If you say you actually don't know, that's what you thought was your truth, maybe it isn't. Maybe... You know, when we say we didn't know that your husband was having an affair, maybe that is your truth. Maybe genuinely you don't believe that you did. But was there ever a moment where you went, that's odd. Something, the intimacy has mm. gone between us. What that? How many questions have you stopped asking for you to get to that? Now, you know, I've been there. I understand it. But there is never... There's always an inkling, actually. I just either choose to listen to it or not. So when we put this into the context of the world and the situations we have at the moment, we we have a judge and jury press system that that talks about people and and just can. Well, I mean, Mark Twain, Winston Churchill. I don't know how many people we can quote that that has went to Winston Churchill as the most recent a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on Mm. so Mark Twain had it getting its shoes on but the the essence the essence of it is we believe a lie we spread a lie quicker than we take time to feel and get to the truth and it's more it's easier for us to believe a lie and be lazy than it is for us to be in connection with ourselves and go, something about that doesn't feel right. I'm going to honor that and I'm not going to make a judgment. I'm just going to sit with it. Something doesn't feel right about it. Mm-hmm. doesn't feel like the whole truth. So, you know, but we have politicians who we think are being honest, who come out with stuff that minutes later, you will, whatever later you realize isn't. So, we have to develop this for ourselves to be able to actually make ourselves our own barometer of truth and honesty. We cannot look out at society for it because from what I see, society's really quite lost. And I know that's a bit pessimistic and I don't tend to be pessimistic, but I 
I have very little faith that we've really understood what honesty is. And I, and I read fantastic blogs that tell me, you know, it's a, the opposite of honesty is deception and, um, you know, it, there are so many good blogs out there that say to me, okay, there are a lot of people that are looking for honesty and that are looking for truth. But if that was the case, we would have a bigger group of people calling for it. I think, mm. Luz, um, one of the things, and certainly from my own experience, is that we need to go deeper in our relationships with people and allow that kind of communication and connection. It's very, very intimate. And there's a push against that in the world. So to have absolute honesty in relationship requires commitment to consistently wanting to have that kind of engagement intimately with people. And the other thing that that I wanted to say is as a child, I wanted to believe, I looked out into the world, I looked at my parents and I wanted to believe that everything was true. But the reason that I did that was because I wasn't allowing myself to see that my parents were human. Mm. You know, that we make mistakes. And this brings me back to judgment again. We want everything to be perfect. We want the story to be nice. And it's not nice. It's messy. And people make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've let people down. We want the perfect scenario where we're not prepared to see the human element or read the person's behavior or observe the the right. whole truth and so that pushes us away from actually being real in relationships and going okay i can see that you're not telling me the truth but i can understand and i'm prepared to witness why you don't want to tell me the truth it's because mm. this and this and this and be okay with that and accept it rather than judge it Okay. If we don't want to see the truth, we're not going to be really open to being, to asking those true and real deep questions in relationships. Hence, no commitment. So, because we're coming to the end of the show, gosh, that's gone fast. There is a choice to see or not to see. Then there is a commitment to stay engaged and stay present and um, looking for a consistency to be willing to deepen that relationship with ourselves and with everyone and everything that we're in relationship with. Mm. Agree. And, yeah. And I would say to to assist that process, if any, you know, who for for any of us who are interested in in looking at this and and making a commitment to it. <clears throat> excuse me. A very good question to ask ourselves is why do we resist going there why do we resist that absolute honesty what are we getting out of it or what part of us is getting something out of that and and just looking at it in that way because we have to be getting something out of it to be so committed to not having we absolute honesty be. so yeah. what is that and is that even true mm. what is it avoiding and that's, a, that's the very personal relationship to have with this process of, of getting to absolute honesty, thereby getting to truth. A great way to end the show on Love a that. pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> it may take a while for that pregnancy to, de- germ, to, to gestate. Uh, we may have un- opened up a bit of unease. So thank you both very much for coming in and having that conversation. Thank you, thank Lucy. You, Lucy. We're going to have to uh, embrace a fresh approach to that relationship. But I love the idea of pregnant pauses, that we don't have to have the answers, but be unapologetic about being willing to look for the answers and stand by truth. Perhaps look at some of those five, five, minimum of five um, areas where we, we look to be, you know, what is an honest person? Just be that for yourself. Live true to yourself. Yep. And I think just to add one thing to sort of along the lines of what Gabe was last saying is it <clears throat> also requires us each to be 
very humble and accountable for our own actions, behaviours, mm. not in a judgmental way, but just in a, in a responsible way. Yeah. We have every single person on this planet has made mistakes. There's not one of us that hasn't. Yeah. And we've all hurt people, no doubt. And it's just being responsible, responsible about that. Yeah, and, and I real. like that. Real, real about yeah. it. <laughs> Responsibility looks like such a rude word, and it isn't. It's the, most, it's the biggest gift we can give ourselves because then we can actually make a choice to make a change and, and move on the next time round. Now, I don't have another show next week. I'm actually taking a month off. Um, got some resting to do because my body's given me a few messages over these past few weeks, maybe even a month or so that says, hey, time to do some reflection and some pause for myself. Um, but I already have the shows planned for January and I have um, people itching to come on and share with us what they're doing and how they've done it or what they're planning for this area and, and, and others in 2019. So I will be taking a break, but you can access all my previous shows if you want on iTunes podcast, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. You just have to subscribe and you'll get them all and then, you know, listen to them at your own leisure. I'll be posting some on Facebook in that time. It's always pertinent to remind ourselves that what has, whatever has or is happening in our lives that we are and always will be us constantly learning as we've said this morning but underneath in our essence amazing we must let that shine out and have a develop a relationship with that the key is to reconnect with that shining space and learn to build a relationship with our body that holds that essence so we can recognize when our body's trying to sell us something isn't quite right be that mental or physical health and then get support from the the appropriate service by listening and responding we build the tools to address what we do not yet feel equipped to manage and that's the key to dealing with anxiety because you do have the skills you just don't have the confidence to apply them they're all in there look for support in the community because it is there we just have to open up to that support and learn to trust it again as we've talked about this morning build that level of honesty with yourself and trust with others that way we don't wait for life to come to us. We take ourselves to life, boots and all, in the front seat of our car. <laughs> till next week. No, till next yeah. time. I can't even tell you till next week's show. Till next time. Be kind, be caring, be loved, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. As ever, Funky Fabulous with Rachel Kane and Benjamin Hurt. Wow.